0: Welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 93. What's your favourite Zelda and why? With me, George, and as always joined by Bobby, courageous link to my flinch and blink. How's it going? Doing good. Uh, Let's quickly give everyone new and old a quick rundown of the show, Bobby, before we launch into too many more niceties. Uh, We've got the news coming up. In there is some Diablo news. Thought that would perk your ears up. Yes, sir, indeed. Mm -hmm. Then we're going into the feature, which is obviously what's your favorite Zelda and why. And we asked you, loyal listeners, to let us know your thoughts on the subject. And as always, we incorporated those into the very fabric of the show. Then, without any surprise to anyone that regularly listens to the show, Stingray, the real deal, the man who shows us the new releases for each and every week, storms up fifth for Maine here in New York. And once he's finished, we've picked a VHS, I ask Bobby what he's hoping to play for that gaming week. But listen to me. The show cannot and will not begin until Odders grip tight down on your foam master sword and your plastic shield. Swing courageously forward as I ask Bobby, Bobby, what you been playing?
1: Oh a couple of things actually.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm still
1: playing Slamper three with my boy Marlon. Yes. And it's probably gonna be the hardest game I've ever played because on authentic difficulty there's bullet wind, you know. There's you have to get the height right because the wind can blow your bullet out the way and and they see you. These Nazis have unbelievable vision. So even if you think you're you're safe, you're not. And it's two playing two players. So at any time you die, you have to restart the whole level. Wow. So we got to the end, we got to the end of some level three times. And three times we died in the same exact spot. Like we didn't learn that's going to be tough, but we're going to, we're going to do it. We're having a good time doing them. I mean, as you shoot more and more and learn, you can really get like, okay, the wind blowing to the left. so Let me move my gun more off higher. So it can drop. I don't get out of it.
0: I don't know enough about the game because it's never really been of interest to me. It's obviously, Mm -hmm. it's almost like confidential mission on the dreamcast or, or silent scope. I think is actually the game. I'm thinking of, Mm -hmm. and you know, I know a lot of people are oh, I love being a sniper. Uh, when I join the army, I'm going to be a sniper. Like, yeah, okay, mate. Yeah, whatever. But on the sight that you have on your rifle, there's mm-hmm. obviously um, in there is the crosshairs, which is called the reticule. Yeah. And that has different lines on the up line, yeah. on the vertical line, and lines on the horizontal line. Yeah. Are you using those to calculate yeah, for drop-off yeah. and distance and, and wind calculation? Yeah. yeah. I presume, much like in real life, though, it doesn't spell it out for you on the reticule on the scope. No. Perfect. So How are you able to gauge wind? Do you have to look for, like, trees no, and flags there's in, the, a, in the level? There's a, there's a wind gauge
1: on top. of. So when you play on easy or whatever, all you get is the reticle. There's no wind. You shoot anybody, they're dead. Mm-hmm. But on, on, on authentic, there's, like, a wind gauge on top of your reticle. Yeah. And you have to be like, okay, well, the wind's blowing like way to the left. So you have to really, you know, aim not even at the guy sometimes. So sometimes what we do is just for a shot to gauge, I'll walk with binoculars and my boy Juan will shoot. Perfect. like, bro, you got to go way higher because your bullet dropped like not even near. him. And then sometimes you can like make noise with a generator or do something. There'll be a noise that can counterbalance your shot. So they, they have no idea you even shot somebody. You know. And it's like I don't know, I kinda like it. It's much better than just a typical like army game where you would run in there and shoot a bunch of Nazis.
0: I love the fact that I love the fact that there's a spotter in the when you play it two player that there's a spotter who can watch the fall of shot. Mm-hmm. Uh that's actually quite cool. Because I, I think, think
1: like in man, in reality though, you would almost need one. I mean, I don't know about modern guns, but like back then I'm sure you have all the technology where you can judge everything yourself. Just take a shot
0: I think that I think in World War Two there were combinations of sniper teams. Sometimes there was one guy on his own that obviously had enough experience to be able to work out fall of shot distance and all that sort of stuff in his head. Don't forget as well, you're gonna be I would advise, I don't know this game inside or out. I've never really been that interested in it, but I'd be taking comprehensive notes. Like wind direction in this way at this strength means that we need to be on left or right reticule two, three, or four. If he's this distance away, first reticule up is a 1,000 yards, second Mm -hmm. reticule up is 2,000 yards. And then you should just be able to have these comprehensive notes so you can just dial this in and just make every shot like, boom, 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 pick him up. That's
1: exactly what we're doing now like, as we get, you know, all on the level, we get better and better. But there's I mean, we're in the fourth level. There's eight levels. So we haven't got past the fourth level yet because we can't make it. But we're having a ball doing it. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Wonderful. My favorite part is when I'm trying to be sneaky and my boy uses the binoculars. Now, he's ducking. But when you use your binoculars, you you know, you you go upright. hmm And he's like, oh, I keep getting caught. I'm like, because you're using the binoculars. You idiot. Mm-hmm. You're not ducking no more. That's why they see you all the time. And we try to stay within a couple hundred yards of each other. Because if you get shot, I have one minute to get you and revive you. If I don't get you, game over, bro. Wow. Tough. But it's fun. And then I'm playing some cyberpunk. I'm, 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 I'm going to do finally one ending of the game. I should have what, at least one ending this weekend, hopefully. And then I bought, as a surprise gift for EVO, Super Mario, 3D World, and Battles of Fury. Fury. Mm. Listen, this game is awesome, dude.
0: Well, we knew it would be, didn't we? Yeah,
1: we knew. It, but we're arguing. like typical. You know, why are you running over here? Why did you jump over there? You know, what made you think you could make that jump? But whatever. We're what, almost what's... done. We're at
0: the last level. Oh, really? What's the crack with all this Cat Shrine nonsense, then? I don't know. We, that's in Bowser's period. We haven't we have played any. Oh, right. Okay. So you're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's but not... she's like me, though. She wants to get all the stars, all the stands. You know, which is fine with me. I'm, I'm right behind you. No won't matter.
0: Wonderful. How uh, about you? Oh, me. Um, or well, made some promises. I needed to start clearing the decks down. So I've gone. PS3 got fired up, obviously. And I've cleared down Yakuza 5. Uh, Well, let's rewind. I've cleared down Remember Me. Finally got that done. Well, I want to like that game, but the combat in it is so obtuse, and it feels very delayed. Now, I think the timing's built in to give you a chance to string combos together, but it makes the controls feel not connected to what you're doing kind of thing, and they they feel weighty, but I think they feel weighty because they're sluggish, you know, and this girl's... Should be capable of gymnastics. She's flipping around doing all this stuff. So, in the end, I just, just bum rushed it. I got so sort of disappointed with it and frustrated towards the end. There's this guy called Johnny Greenteeth at the end, and he's kind of surrounded, I know, what a name. And he surrounds himself by these sort of uh, zombie type creatures. If you kill them, more come. So, you've kind of just got to manage them without killing them to keep your health. Because if you do a certain combo, you get health. So you've got to try and keep your health up. But some of his moves are so cheap, he appears behind you and then slashes. And then they all slash at you. And Once they kind of get round you in a group, your health diminishes really quickly. So that was frustrating. Uh, in the end, the final boss was literally a cakewalk. There was nothing too difficult in there. The story is interesting if you can get it cheap, I would advise you to pick it up. I know that. Remember me nowadays. You watch Hidden Gems video on PS3 on YouTube, and it's on there. So no doubt that's going to skyrocket the price. You
1: know what I can't stand? What's that? Those, those videos. Hidden Gems. All they do is raise the price of everything.
0: That's right. Well, I mean, so, it's, it's why? Why is that game fifty-five hours? Well, that game should be three dollars max. It's it's if if I would review it back in the day it would get a good score it would get a 7 i think with the with the onset of time and different things that have changed i think it would still get a good score i'd give it a 6 but by the end of it i was kind of sick of it you know mm. i just wanted it done uh, but i didn't want to leave another stone unturned so that was done parked it back on the shelf i might explore it at another point in time but there's no different endings it kind of is what it is Uh, The other game that I finished, Yakuza 5, as I mentioned at the top of the show, loved that. You know, It took me a little bit of time to get back up to speed with the story again because they're so intertwining, but uh, the characters, again, are wonderful. Uh, In my concurrent game after game after game playthrough, I guess now I need to load up six again and play through that, um, which I'll look forward to doing, but I'm just going to give it a little bit of time. Uh, And the other game... I've been feeling a bit weird and out with games recently. So I got those two done, which was no mean feat. I have to admit, remember me, um, was last weekend. And then I finished Yakuza 5 during the week. The other game... (laughs) Oh, Bobby, I am such a strange human being. I've collected an eclectic mix of games. Now, I had this back in the day when I used to go traveling. It's called G1 Jockey for the PlayStation 2. It's a horse racing game. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's not even that good. And I've already ordered the PlayStation 3 version because I just it's got that, for me, it's got that one more go about it. You don't really control the speed of a horse. You kind of like, when the gates open, you kind of hit a button and that kind of determines the getaway that you get. And the horse, obviously much like in real life, follows the pack, it kind of runs. And you can sort of intimate its direction left and right, speed it up or slow it down. And what you're doing is you're trying to, it's quite difficult because when you first start racing, you don't get the best rides. So you're getting like poor horses, not that well conditioned. And the whole thing has got this, it's like Gran Turismo with horses. Mm. Okay. I don't want to oversell the concept, but it's actually quite highbrow. And and the more respect you get as a jockey, the better rides you get. Like every now and then you stumble across someone who's willing to give you a go. And that's when you can get a, a win early in your career and other bits and bobs. And you're trying to basically conserve the horse's energy for that last 300 yards and that's when you let go and then you kind of uh it's triangle there's a video i put up on the discord of uh the playstation move and the connect versions of the motion controls this guy this really awkward looking guy is doing a demonstration Mm. of how to use it and the one um the connect edges it for me because obviously the guy's got no peripherals or anything and he's just sort of like riding this invisible horse in his lounge and he wins and he's got this fake emotion at about one minute 20 he like pumps the air and he's like points at someone off camera as if to say you know i'm the real deal it's kind of it's so cheesy it's hilarious um but that version on the playstation 3 is called g1 jockey and gallop racer because koei tecmo ended up buying another studio in japan that did a game on from the Saturn, another uh, another console called Gallop Racer, which involves like not only the jockey inside of it, which is G1 jockey, but the running and managing of a stable. And in that, you get to breed horses. So it's the ultimate Gran Turismo for horse racing. That one is, and the graphics are obviously quite a lot better than the PS2 version. But yeah, I've been like last night. I was playing it till gone one because. I wonder if someone with X-ray vision, like Superman, is walking down my street and his or like, our street here, and he looks in these apartments and he's like, "Okay, yeah, they're you know they're a young couple, they're they're enjoying each other's company." Looks in another one. There's a guy watching sports. Looks in another one. He's like, "There's a guy there playing a PlayStation Two, but not only that, he's playing a horse racing game, and it's one in the morning." Is this guy normal? I love that power. Or not. Uh, or maybe like everyone in the apartments are all playing PS2 horse racing games. And he's like, am I the odd one out? You know, what? what is it with these guys? But yeah, so as always, a, an eclectic mix. I think this weekend I'm going to try and find something a bit more meaty to get into. Obviously, I've got Persona 5 and Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I don't think it's a bad game, but it's not got the hook. Um. And with that said, I don't know why it should be news to people that I'm playing a very random, esoteric piece of software. It is. But it's time for some real news, Bobby. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, now this should appeal to you, Bobby. Maybe you should go with this first piece of news. We got bad to the bone. Mm. Uh, While you need to wait a
1: little longer for Diablo 2, Resurrected, and Diablo 4, you can get stuck into some old-school classics today as part of the Blizzard Arcade Collection. Available on the PlayStation Store right now. It's a PS4 game, but it's playable on PS5 through backwards compatibility. Of course, the comp- the, the, the compilation bundle, The Lost Vikings,
0: Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackhound, which are oh, all all great. I will just state as well, that's uh, I meant to type in there that it was on Xbox, obviously, as well. Oh. So apologies. Okay, so it's on Xbox too.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, in addition to the trio of titles preserved in both original and definitive form, you'll also find an array of bonus materials, including art, assets, interviews, and more. The collection costs 19 on its own. But if you also play Diablo 3 and Overwatch, you may, you may be tempted to grab the Blizzard 30 year uh, celebration collection for $29.99, which includes the Blizzard arcade collection with a bounty of in game rewards, including a pet transmog set and Wings for Diablo 3, as well as a legendary Reinhardt skin and a commemorative spray and spray and icon and classic and golden loot boxes
0: for Overwatch. That'll make Tom happy. There's a bit in there for everyone. Uh, probably should have put that as a second piece in news. Well, Lost Vikings is dope if you have two players. It's pretty fun. Mate, rock and roll racing. I played that all day with my sister. She was such...
1: I can't say on the air, but she saved every... Bullet and missile
0: for the last lap. She was a. It was just to the point of cheating. I got rock and roll racing on a holiday to the Isle of Wight, where I didn't have my Super Nintendo with me, and I read that box over and over again. I read the instructions over and over again, and we got it early. We weren't away for a week, I think it was, and I got it like on the Monday. So, how then cool I, was the music? <sighs> I, used, I didn't really, at the time I was a young lad, so I wasn't no fay with all the tunes, but obviously by the time I'd finished playing it, I knew them all and I thought it was on the snares. I've got it on the Mega Drive now. I think and, it's better on Nintendo. Oh, it for, without a yeah. shadow of a doubt. The yeah. the core game is there or thereabouts mm-hmm. on Mega Drive, but the chip tunes of the Mega Drive of these recreations, although we know the Mega Drive's got its own style with the synth that it's got in it, it pales into insignificance. Yeah, it does. To the Even, I feel like it would control better. Or something. It seems to be able to rotate and scroll. Obviously, one of the SNES's you know, secret mm-hmm. moves or special moves is the ability to rotate and scroll sprites. And yeah, it just feels like a very smooth experience on the SNES. Yeah, at heart. And then I know a lot of people did have played but That was only also on Super Nintendo. Did but, he not get a Mega CD release, though?
1: I don't know about I know it wasn't on the Genesis, that's for sure. Because I've only yeah. played it on the. Like, if you like Flashback or like. Uh,
0: yeah, I the think it got. a Persia done. type. That's
1: not bad at all, really. Pretty
0: cool. No, I think it's. It, you know, it's, it's very a very good cool. looking game. I actually think the SNES is the best version. Something tells me. Write in, tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, we'll give you the details at the end of the news. But I'm sure that Blackthorn got a mega CD or a 32X release.
1: Maybe. One or the other. I don't know. And they kind of. It
0: they redrew the sprites to be more photorealistic and it didn't really, look, it, but it didn't, oh, it, lost as its good. Edge. it lost its yeah. edge. It, in those days, if you slapped like a, a photo in the background, it kind of looked like you were, you know, jumping around in front of an Encarta section of a, you know, a, online encyclopedia. It looked completely ropey. You know, the picture quality wasn't great. Whereas actual, the sprite work for Blackthorn. I remember being good a um, bit more news Diablo means devil maybe you should have had this bit because you're a Mexican accent that you do uh, It was, uh, and we kind of spoiled it a little bit because I badly arranged the news this week but it was rumoured bef- uh, weeks before the actual announcement and now it's been confirmed Vicarious Visions the Activision studio that crafted both Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is developing Diablo 2 Resurrected News dropped last month that Vicarious Visions had been merged into Blizzard, with the press release stating that the team would be fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives. And so here we are, with the developer working on the newly revealed re- 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 <laughs> called They Want My Teeth Back. Uh, the developer working on the newly revealed Diablo 2 Revival. While Resurrected isn't ground-up remake like Insane Trilogy and Pro Skater, it still sounds much more like a simple much more than a simple remaster. For a start, the visuals have been overhauled dramatically, Diablo 2's world has never looked so detailed, with remade character models and assets, and an all-new lighting system breathing a lot of life into the 20-year-old action RPG. It should be noted that the gameplay hasn't been touched, this is still Diablo 2, but it will run at 60 frames per second and is now fully playable with the controller, obviously. You can hear all about the development of Diablo 2, resurrected in the uh, video Uh, that's out there online. It's immediately clear that Vicarious Visions has tackled this project with all the respect that it deserves. In short, it's easy to feel as though Diablo 2 resurrected is in very capable hands, especially given Vicarious Visions' stellar output in recent years. Remaster is due out later this year, but we do not, as of yet, have a release window to go on. But Now here's my only issue. What's that, my friend? I hope they don't
1: make it colourful. I don't... Diablo 3's armor compared to the other Diablo was kind of like super fantasy mm. and li- like, you know, like lighthearted enemies. Like it should be dark and,
0: you know, Empty. yeah, creepy. I tell you, I've had a little dabble with Diablo 3, nothing major. Um, mm. But the game I poured a lot of time into on the PlayStation 1, we've talked about me having the PlayStation 1 on the screen. I had Diablo <laughs> for that. Uh, and awesome. I, I I wish I still had it, but it was like the overworld was like really like dark, really. And then you got and into even, the underworld and it was like, it's even worse. You know, it's proper. Even, the,
1: even the armor, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, fantasy, but it wasn't like two foot shoulder pads with spikes no. on them. Like, that's what I like. That's why I like the uh, Forsaken Forgotten Realms. Uh, was it Baldur's Gate or something like that? Could be, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I like because it wasn't so you know fantasy looking. Kind uh, eh, of, yeah. I love I, think, hat, I love those again anyway.
0: I, you know, to try and make it more generic appeal, they probably felt like they needed unicorn coloured horns on everything. You know, we're in a world where DLC skins are ten a penny, aren't we? And mm-hmm. I guess to make Diablo three stand out, they had to try something a little bit different. But Diablo one. Was awesome, dude. I remember someone playing on a laptop again when I used to be away all the time. And the first time I saw it, I was like, is that that? Like, yeah. <laughs> and they were collecting things and hoarding all this stuff and changing out their armor and then changing it back again and swapping out a helmet and doing something else. And always trying to, you're always trying to get the right load out and you're changing it on the hoof all mm-hmm. of the time. You know, when you get adept at it, you're like, oh, I've just picked up this. I'll put that chest plate on. I'll ditch that chest plate or I'll sell that. And it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And then I, it must have been an old port. I think they were playing like an expansion pack for Diablo 1. And I managed to get Diablo 4 PS1. I bet that's quite a rare game now, you know. And uh, yeah, I think always- it actually um, had PlayStation 1 mouse support as well from memory. So you could get a PlayStation mouse back in the day. PlayStation 1 had a mouse. It had a mouse. Yeah. I need to quit the show.
1: Hang What on do I know?
0: What do I know? Sorry, Matt. I've just got to take this call. I, I... Yeah, Albuquerque. Yeah. 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 No, he didn't know the PlayStation 1 had a mouse. Like, I know. Yeah, I know. I just didn't think he'd be... I, okay, I'll see. Okay. If you can arrange Dominic Diamond... Look, I'll take Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I mean,
1: I knew it had like you know the the control with the four players. Got gotcha. you.
0: <laughs> Didn't know it had a, a mouse. Have you ever heard of Dexter Fletcher? No. Have you seen Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes, I have. He's in that. Have you seen Band of Brothers? No. He's in that too. Sure he is.
1: Dexter Fletcher,
0: the redheaded guy. No. Mm. He, he normally plays an American because I think he's got American. But he did he did one series and then he got kicked off of a, a computer game show over here in the UK. And El Buccio seems to think he might be able to come on as a co host. Uh, last bit. Did the PS2 have a mouse? The PS2 could support mouse through the USB slots on the front. So mouse and keyboard if you wanted it to. If the game allowed it. So that's what those were, huh? El, right, Bu- El Buccio. Yes, George. Yeah, advance all, advance everything. Yes. This time next yeah. week, yeah, I want I want Dexter. Yeah. No, no if, but so maybes. It's been an interesting guy, uh,
1: 2021,
0: I'll tell you that. <laughs> Look, I'll ring him back in a shortly. I can't live without you. You know this. <laughs> I couldn't have, I couldn't share a bathroom with Dexter Fletcher. I'd rather cut my own arm off. Uh, yeah. And that, and that to a gamer is a pretty final move. Because mm-hmm. I don't, it would take me a long time to get back up to my average set of skills using my foot. So, yeah. Uh, what's this last bit of news, here? I want to yell deviant? this, but I can't. Do it.
1: Just come back from the mic. No, I, no, I can't because, you know, it's early. Okay. You, you yell it, I'll read it. Four. Perhaps one of the most exciting reveals during Nintendo's direct was Mario Golf Super Rush. Although Nintendo didn't go into all that much detail, it seems it might have revealed more information than intended to on the game page. As spotted by many fans, it seems that King Babam could be a playable character in the speed golf description. It was mentioned how King Babam can pelt the course with bombs. Nintendo now has updated the page. Here's the original line courtesy of Twitter user Sherlock Prower. Uh, tee off at the same time with up to three players and race through the course to get your ball in first. Like real life. outpace, really interrupt life. your opponent <laughs> dashes with super shots. Luigi, for example, can freeze the green and King Bob-omb can pelt the course with bombs. In uh, the quote, King bob originally appeared in the 1996 game, Super Mario 64. Since then, he's shown up in the series like Mario Party and more recently appeared as a playable racer in the mobile game Mario
0: Kart Tour. Do you know what I... That's great news about Mario Golf Super Rush, okay? But my takeaway is that that guy who's a massive bomb with a fuse in his head, okay, Mm -hmm. that his, his actual last name is Om, and his first name is Bob. I think so, yeah. I would agree. I would agree. But that means that his children, unless they're called Bob-Om Jr. the first, second, and third, are going to be like Prince Dave-Om. He's not got the same ring to it, has it? No. So he might just do what George
1: Foreman did and name all his kids George. Wow. I
0: think that's what I should
1: do. It's a great name. It's a very knightly name. I think of George, I think of something as royal.
0: Wow, that's...
1: Uh... Yeah. I mean, you're I, I my first George, I already knew. I'm your first George? I never called anybody in my whole life. Hey, George.
0: I, I'm I I'm I, I honored and basked in your assumed glory of myself. Adam's, Tommy's, Alex's, Scott's, you know, Danny's, my whole life. Ten a penny. never won. Wow. Well, your regular Dragon Slayer here thinks that's probably the end of the news. Got to ask myself, did we miss anything? And with a Nintendo Direct this week and more news than I can shake a stick at, you got to imagine we've missed quite a bit. Interest level in whether we've missed that news? Fair to middling. Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? If so, Bobby, how would the collective masses get in touch with me and say, George, how can you talk about all this when you haven't talked about all that? How can you say this? How can you say that? And actually, George, in Nintendo canon, there's King Bobomb Jr., King Bobomb Jr., the third, and Prince Tallahassee on the f- fifth. Okay. All right. What do you know? Seemingly nothing. That's why we do a podcast. How would they get in touch with me and let me know that Tallahassee the third is a thing? You can contact
1: us on our Twitter or Instagram page at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Oh, just Control podcast. no.com. You can email us at questions at UnpitchedControllerPodcast.com or you can hit the link in either of those to the link tree and come join the Discord, which if you're is
0: free. Unbelievable. If you're not in the Discord, you weren't woken up Friday morning by the video of a man riding an invisible horse in the Koei Tecmo video. And I ask you at this point, If you haven't seen that video via the Discord, are you even alive? Mm -hmm. Do you even draw breath? Question? Answer? No. So if you want to continue the conversation when the show's not on air, I mean, you listen to it every week at this point, and there's a whole conversation that carries on off air that you're not privy to. Mm -hmm. What's it feel like to miss out? It feels like you. But you know what? We're not going to judge. We're not even going to question. You just slip into the Discord. We'll welcome you in. We're not here to judge, okay? But if you've got FOMO, it's going to be raging right now. So make amends for your crimes. Come visit us in the Discord. As Bobby says, it's free. And what's the worst that could happen? You might make a friend. And as gamers, Mm. we're lonely isolationists. And sometimes that little bit of human contact stops us from descending into full Neanderthal, walking around in our flat, wearing nothing but some pants, a really long beard, and questioning whether eating your feces is a good idea. Agreed. The Discord stops me from doing that, I'll tell you. This week, with the Nintendo new Skyward Sword remake and all that sort of uh, drama and drivel, Bobby, I posed a question to our community on Instagram, Twitter, and obviously in the Discord, I posed the question, what's your favourite Zelda and why? Now, this elicited a big response from the community. So again, as always, if your comment did not make the show, don't feel aggrieved, We read them all, we communicated, I think, I like to think that we communicate with everyone that puts something of note on the Discord, or no, on the Instagram And, you know, just try again next time. So, Bobby, as I say, with the news this week that a remaster of Skyward Sword will be making its way to the Switch and the series celebrating its 35th anniversary, we thought we'd ask, what's your favourite Zelda game and why? The Legend of Zelda was principally inspired by Shigeru Miyamoto's explorations as a young boy in the hillsides, forests and caves surrounding his childhood home in Sonobi, Japan where he ventured into forests with secluded lakes, caves, and rural villages. According to Miyamoto, one of his most memorable experiences was the discovery of a cave entrance in the middle of the woods. After some hesitation, he apprehensively apprehensively entered the cave and explored its depths with the aid of a lantern. Miyamoto has referred to the creation of Zelda games as an attempt to bring to life a miniature garden for players to play in with each game series. With the first game appearing all the way back in 1986 on the Famicom Disk System and appearing on pretty much every Nintendo system since, the plucky lead of the Zelda series Link even got a run out in the much maligned Philips CDI. This gaming series is one of Nintendo's finest with a rich lore and devoted fans across the world. Sounds very much like this show. And as of December 2020, The Legend of Zelda franchise has sold over 125.95 million copies worldwide. As always, we ask you guys your thoughts on the topic. Let's have a look in this chest and a read. Bobby, with the chest opened and an avalanche of news pouring down in front of us, I have to ask you this question. What's your favourite Zelda and why? I've
1: only played four.
0: That's fine.
1: Even though it's my my favourite of all time. I've never played the GameCube game, the N64 games, or the Wii games. I've only played the original. Yeah, I played the Game. Oh, five. I played the Game Boy one. Yeah, I played the original. Yeah, the two, and then A Link to the Past, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yes, it's amazing. I love it. I think it's my favorite Nintendo game on the Switch. But I'm going to have to go with a link to the past. Classy. Because my father used to play it, and I didn't really understand what he was doing. But he made little (laughs) notes, you know, like he always did. Little maps and notes, and I don't know how he found half the stuff. Like, who would know how to push that bush? Did you call the hotline? Probably he did. Or he just figured it out himself, I don't know. But just the, the exploration part of Zelda always, like, got me really interested in the franchise. Because you have to go over here to go over there to get that item to go back over there. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that stuff. So, you know, he never, pre- he made, he never, obviously he didn't, you know, pass over for uh, a link to the past. He never played it. But I was scared to play it because like, I don't know, memories, whatever. So I started playing that thinking, oh, man, what would he do in this situation? So that would be my favorite. The story was great. I thought the graphics were just phenomenal. I th- everything about the game was just well, so, so well done. Mm. You know, I wouldn't even want that remastered. Don't even touch it. Leave it alone. Mm. It's on the mini, and you can yes. buy it, and you can buy it for not, not that expensive.
0: It, it's one of those games that was everywhere. I think box complete mint with map and all that. People have pushed the price up and up and up, yeah. and up. as with as with any Nintendo system, some of these games are starting to prove to be more than disposable purchase. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you know, obviously the era behind the era that we've got, PS3 and Xbox 360 games are a dollar each. Yeah. You would be smoking crack to think that in 20 years' time, those games are still going to be a dollar each. Some might be, yeah. but the chance of that, that happening is not going to happen. By that point in time, a SNES game is going to be... Even a ba- even a basic game that everybody had is going to mm-hmm. be $80, $90. So you know it. And it's... Yeah. I mean, look at the NES. Sometimes some of the prices required for that just cart only. And I would only collect... Back in the day, I'd have had all the boxes mint and everything like that, but I don't have enough nostalgia nor want to get a mint cardboard box. So at the moment, I'm re- relatively happy just collecting loose carts for the Nintendo consoles. Yeah. Um, I've got some box N64 stuff that I had from back in the day. Like I kept the boxes, bizarrely, because I used to carry it all around in a travel bag. I had a load of the boxes stored, and then I had a moment of weakness and bin them all. Uh, after I'd got rid of the N64, I still had all the empty boxes and i've been to more and i, them all. And I was like, oh what an idiot because now i've got loose carts that would slot into there and i'd have yeah, a you know what? box
1: what's kind of weird about that like some of these games are almost four years old who our age would have thought to keep that box and how do they sell them so mint would you put that bro
0: i actually i had a, a cupboard um so I was at my parents house but often away so I had an N64 carry bag which I still got and that's what the N64s packed in I've got I think I've got a spare one in a, in a in a in a box and I've got this other one that I've acquired in this carry bag with all the loose carts in there and I had this drawer in my bedroom that was just empty um and it was I don't know maybe a foot high and maybe a foot and a half deep and I had it full of these N64 card boxes that never. I, the only time I opened the drawer was to put another box in and close it. Absolutely. So that, So I I think when I moved out, I had some pressure from my mum, you need to come and clean some stuff out in your bedroom. And at the time I didn't have an N64. So I opened this box and was like, where am I going to get carts? Where am I going to get carts from for all this? I ain't got the time. And I think I kept like a couple, like Zelda, maybe Majora's Mask, and, and I think maybe some... Um, the N6 a couple of N64 wrestling game boxes and the rest I just oofed oof, in the bin boom didn't even think about it right what they're worth anyway nothing now as I get older and as I look back at that moment and I'm like what an idiot because I'm sure I put I'm sure Donkey Kong 64 went in I'm sure you know and, and the generation before the snares I had everything boxed and when I traded it in uni rallies sort of manner we've been through this time and time memorial all got presented which they must have been like this is just giving us like proper retail stock we can put on the front i must have got a quid a game and they must have been charging 15 uh, oh, you know yeah. crazy but uh <clears throat> my thoughts on zelda i had linked to the past on the snares it was a bit bigger game than i could get my head around at the time as a, as a youngster um no access to the internet mm-hmm. i would get a nintendo magazine every once in a while you'd look in there for a guide or something and there'd be barely anything, you know, so my messaging that they were stuck in this section and that would like, if you were that far in the game, it would be useful. If you weren't, you maybe yeah. got a bit stuck and I felt completely overwhelmed by it. I had a uh, link links awakening on the game boy, um, which I kind of enjoyed. I don't think I finished that either. The first one I finished was Ocarina of time. Um, got it. Saw it through from beginning to end. I even showcased it to Tom, uh, co-host of this show, former co-host of this show, now resident of Rikers Island Prison Penitentiary. And uh, he he had to have it. I remember I sold him on the concept. I was like, you've got to get this game. You've got to get this game. If you get an N64 and you ain't got this game, you, you're nothing. You know, you're dead. And uh, yeah, he got it. So I think we might even have a message from him about he's probably going to be really controversial. Like actually my favorite Zelda is this. Whatever Tom, I'll read it out anyway. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that game to me, I've got memories all the way back to the game boy one and the SNES one, but the one that I have most, and I was like, I don't know, maybe 18, 19 at the time it came out and it was one I got it. I remember I got it when it launched, um, I think I reserved a copy, went down, bought it, and I played it sort of over November, December, and I think I had it done by the end of January, so I paid it over a three-month period. And and the first half of the game all with a broken um, N64 pad, so the analog stick made him walk up to a door then immediately turn left. So he had to sort of walk up to the door and hammer A quickly before he turned to try and get in. It made the game <coughs> so much more difficult. And I had like this really wonky third-party unofficial controller. I'm doing the air quotes in the air. And it was it was even worse than the broken N64 controller that was making him swivel to the left every time. So to finish the game, I bought, or I think the girlfriend, or whatever at the time, bought me a, a new controller and I managed to see the game out. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got some memories for me, that game. Um, yeah, quite cool. I'll never forget, sort of, if you haven't played it, I'd try and advise you to get a copy of it somehow, because, you know, from the... From the original little village that you start into the Deku tree and then out into the field. Obviously, Hyrule Field to you now would be like, yeah, it's very blocky and very empty, mm-hmm. George. But at the time, seeing a space that large realized with freedom of movement in a game, it was like, whoa, you know, and if something that size had been tried on PlayStation at the time, there would have been fog about two meters in front of your character that you couldn't see and they couldn't yeah. draw in, and that would be that would be the end. That would be all she wrote. Whereas the N64 was like, boom, you know, this is the reason why I'm playing with 64 bits, baby. Look at this. <laughs> uh so yeah, it's uh uh is some good memories wrapped up in there. Um first out the uh Hyrulean chest this week it's a man who probably needs no introduction to the regular listeners, and obviously there's regular contributors here, and there's also some, well, there's a wave of new listeners Listeners. um, that the name Zelda has brought out like uh, mice round cheese at midnight, Bobby. Uh, But first of all, Boba Loba. Boba Loba doesn't do gaming comments. Boba Loba does the finest gaming comments a podcast can buy. He says this, I've never played Zelda. Emoji with no mouth. Emoji. You know, it, it is
1: what it is. I'm mean, absolutely to play lots of games. Quite, but-
0: quite a few people messaged in and said they'd never played wow. Zelda. But I find this confession by him to be most perplexing. He had a SNES, but he never mm-hmm. had this. He had an N64, but he never had Ocarina of Time. Oh kind a type of game, from what he plays. What does he play? What is Boba Loba's kind of game? Oh, he lost Call of Duty. What was his jam before Warzone, before Call of Duty crawled into his life, do you think? He was playing that racing game. What racing game?
1: I don't know. Some racing game he was playing, he was putting up clips on it.
0: You don't follow Boba Loba close up? I do, but it's all sort of it all blurs into one. Like I, I remember I remember recently in playing um Res, uh, Red Dead Revolver. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember him recently playing Jedi Fallen Order. I see lots of shots of him no scoping guys out of helicopters in Warzone. He's playing hot shot racer. Right, hot That's shot. Right. Race. Yeah. I, I wanna know what Bobolo was playing in the N sixty four era. Well he's playing the medium for a
1: little bit. Don't know how far he got. You know, mm.
0: playing a little bit of division. Yes You see, I see Boba Loba I think we should now give him a military designation Brigadier General Boba Loba Brigadier General Boba Loba If this isn't a realistic Militaristic shooter You can count me out I would
1: love to see Boba Loba play Sniper 3
0: Yes Then see the
1: sniper in Call of Duty Yes
0: I would love to see just like a 10-minute clip. It's his inner calling, isn't it? On extreme authentic difficulty, just picking these guys off, like, you know, just knocking them down like a like a farmer just swathes through corn. This mm-hmm. is Boba Loba. He'd finish that backwards with his eyes closed. He would be... If, if I believe he has... I don't know if he has a PS4, but I'm sure...
1: You know, we can get him one. I will buy him a sniper theory copy and then he can help us lead and destroy
0: these Nazis with his sniping ability. Wow. That should be made into a realistic military documentary for YouTube. We,
1: yeah, I'm going to make one like me and my boy from New York, you know, we, we, we enlisted in the army where, you know, Shooting Nazis were pinned. We radio him in, and then they send out Loba with the finest military gear—something that like <laughs> we could never afford. Comes out with like a beret. I need a beret. And then he just—he meets us. We radio him in. He just runs like beautiful run, a beautiful, a, a beautiful man running. And yeah. He slides into the dirt next to us, and as he's sliding, he pulls out his gun. Okay, and then he drops it down, and he goes, a little bit, 125 one hundred twenty-five kilometers, wind, five, north, point two clicks. Bang. And we're like, dude, we were trying to shoot him for months, and we're pinned down, and he's like, got you.
0: I have a vision of him now with a beret on, mm-hmm. stripped He's no. His upper torso is naked, allowing his muscles to ripple. Mm-hmm. Um, he's greased up, but only just to accentuate his manly curves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as he we runs, be careful! And, I don't think he'd be too
1: greased up because there's an African sun.
0: I'm thinking it doesn't matter to him. He's, he's using bronzer oil yeah. as he runs and slides. He kicked up some more dust to further accentuate the the deep ravines of muscle and toned sinew across his body. And as you say beret on, pulls a sail up to his mm-hmm. eye. He calls it. Mm-hmm. He just says, as you say, 1,250 yards, wind left, northeast, two clicks, boom, drops, next one, drops, next one, drops. And he just wades through these guys. For a Zelda special, this has gone awfully deep on military. But maybe Boba Leber, I'm happy you've talked about militaristic shooters now. I've got my... I mean, Toxis right now is sliding down his washboard-like stomach. And then
1: I can immediately, I can even imagine him in the later levels, not even shooting. Just kneeling next to us and holding both our shoulders left up. Bam, 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 bam. And every time he shoots him, he gets like a little shiver. Like a yes! Kill them all!
0: This has got some very strange sexual undertones running through it. And I'm both excited, but also a little bit nervous by my... Listen, when you shoot a Nazi
1: 200 meters away, dude, it's exhilarating. Ex- 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 <laughs> okay? Let's go. Next comment. We got a new, new listener. listener. Digital Monkery.
0: Oh, by the way, if you're listening, you're a regular listener and you're not on the Discord and you wonder why we clap the Digital Monkery as a new listener every week. Get on the Discord and you'll find out. What's he got to say for himself?
1: I own many more Zelda games than I ever played. Ooh. The first I experienced was Ocarina of Time, which I completed with the help of a guide. Not mad at you. you. Controversial. I wanted Majora's Mask after that, but couldn't afford it at the time. I bought it last year, but haven't started it yet. I've avoided Wind Waker for many years. I didn't like the art style. Tried it last year and found it to be enjoyable, but haven't been on it since getting annoyed at the water dungeon. I hate water stages and games. Um, I'm with you there, too. I tried Twilight Princess, but couldn't get into it. Never tried Skyward Sword. Might do the HD version. Uh, nowadays, I get more enjoyment from Zelda from watching my sons play Link's Awakening, Breath of the Wild, and another I can't get into. Whoa. Uh, than I do from playing the games myself. Overall, it's a franchise I've tried many times to get into and enjoy, but nothing has ever come close with my first try with Ocarina. Everything since then. Has been a disappointment
0: to me. That I think because you haven't played Ocarina. Now, although Zelda is a free form experience, there's something that he's brought up. Thank you for your comment, Digital Monkey. It's something he's brought up there. Although did, uh, Zelda is what feels like an open world experience, it's actually not as open world as you think, mm-hmm. and it gently leads you from point A to point B in subtle ways. You can't move to point B unless you've done mission X got feature b that will then let you move to this next area of the map or at least although you could w- move to area of the map you couldn't really do anything in that area of the map whereas breath of the wild is the most free form Zelda experience since the first one right you can go anywhere, you can do anything, you can probably pretty much do it in any order, but the gear is probably the thing that's going to hold you back in Breath of the Wild more than anything else. Like, if you go somewhere and you haven't got the right gear, you're not going to be able to proceed into that area. So, if essentially, is walled off, correct me if I'm wrong, whereas the older Zelda's, they are open world, but they're far more linear than we actually realise, and therefore, the route between the areas is signposted really clearly, whereas... Um, Breath of the Wild is actually quite an overwhelming experience, mm-hmm. more like a, a Western RPG, like you Fallout seventy six or you get Madrift. It's it's a lot more sort of you can go anywhere, you can do anything. The only thing that's sort of ring fencing the areas in is your is your level and your hearts and your equipment that you've got that allows you to venture into these areas. So I can completely understand. Um, I've watched. Uh, My son played Breath of the Wild and I think he's found it as overwhelming as I found the SNES version back in the day. It's how these things work. And, you know, I had to get to be a young adult, a young adult man, before I could fully um, have the wherewithal and the forward planning and the commitment to want to see it through to finish Zelda. Like, I think Tom was in his early teens when he first experienced Zelda and therefore you've got that a little bit more wherewithal and ability and mindset to see it through. So yeah, I completely, uh, oh my goodness gracious me. I've just seen the next comment. Professor Pliskin, hot off his two time world championship award has measured in with a thesis on Zelda. I shall read you the highlights. He says, ah, yes, the return of large scale speculation followed by almost immediate disappointment for some immediately afterwards It happened yesterday, right? Joking aside, it was really good to see a near hour-long direct after the mostly water drop-like news that happened last year and through Pirate in Smash or the reveal of Project Triangle Strategy, I'll bet I'll be just called Triangle Strategy later on, either had me bored, annoyed, or both. Seeing games like Miitopia or Mario Golf Super Rush being announced was pretty great and surprising to see. Why am I not talking about Zelda, you ask? Because I've only played one Zelda game, Breath of the Wild so you can say I'm out of depth with this topic. I did try out the original title for my Wii when it was part of the museum featuring Smash Brothers Brawl, but I mostly just ran around very confused, mostly to be fair. I've heard so much talk about games like Ocarina being the greatest of all time that it's practically killed my interest in trying some of them out. Not that I had much interest in Ocarina to begin with. Yes, I said, come at me. I did eventually get to try Wild out after I borrowed it from the local library because of how damn expensive the Nintendo exclusive are, and it's definitely one of the most unique games I've ever tried. It takes a lot of the confusion I felt with the original Zelda but it's immediately better given the fact that you are given more, way more physical details in the landscapes and character interactions to lure you into learning more about the secrets of the deserted Hyrule. Even if the narrative's disconnected design makes the journey very uninteresting, the sense of discovery and adventure you get in a title like this is practically second to none. Maybe except for Horizon Zero Dawn, but I feel that's better more so in the monster design, world building and story, while its freedom isn't nearly as good and it is something i can respect with the 35 year old series continually reinventing itself even though my college work and new ps5 as george can testify in seeing creates a general lack of interest in the series itself for me and i still won't check ocarina anytime soon you can't make me squinting with tongue out emoji winking with tongue out emoji thank you um again he makes some interesting points there When a game gets to be so legendary and synonymous with being one of the greatest games of all time, as per the Hyperbolt or hyperbole, depending which version of this podcast you listen to, does that kind of like Ocarina of Time, obviously you never played it back in the day, you've not played it to this point, it's hailed as one of the greatest of all time, does that make you not want to pick it up? I think he, he makes a solid point there. When I get presented, it's greatest of all time, but maybe the game's 10 years old, and I'm like, well, I kind of like lived this long without it. Do I need it now?
1: Listen, there's only one game if you want to consider the greatest game of all time. Right? What are you basing it off
0: of? Critical reception and gaming communities. Uh, and money. Comments. Maybe money. I. Mm, <sighs> Most money made
1: must be a lot of people bought it. True. Wouldn't
0: it be Minecraft? I mean you don't you you're preaching quite you're preaching. Hasn't to that been every every single record in gaming history? Yeah, but that means if it's based on that, you might need to put Fortnite on that Pantheon. Is that then the greatest game because it's made so much money? Really free game man. Yeah, but it's made a lot of money
1: a lot of money, yeah, but has it
0: won all those awards? That Minecraft one? No. Minecraft, I I completely... I will capitulate immediately and say that is probably one of the greatest games ever made. So for me, someone's like, oh, it's the greatest game of all time. Okay, well, what game was it? Oh, okay, I can see that.
1: I'll I'll
0: try it. I've... I can... I would normally argue for Ocarina of Time being probably one of the greatest games I've ever played. I mean... (laughs) You know, one but yeah, great- but your personal experience is cool, like it's great. And I, I, I okay, I, I take the recommendation, I'll try it. The thing is, out of all the games that I think are great, that's one of the ones I could recommend because I know it's quite universal to be able to pick up. I know if I said to someone right now, Well, oh, Shenmue is one of the greatest games I ever played, and they came to it now, it, the controls are outdated, the graphics look mm-hmm. wooden compared to like modern sort of adventure games, it's very, very basic and doesn't feel that amazing. Whereas I feel like Ocarina would, has enough gameplay tropes in there where it would survive a modern playthrough and someone could go, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's actually was quite enjoyable. You know, the, however many tens of hours it took me to complete. Actually, that was an experience I'm glad I had. I think it was better at the time. Um, and obviously things come out in gaming, things come out and, games get better every time, don't mm-hmm. they? A movie can kind of stand on its own two legs a little mm-hmm. bit, whereas a game can sometimes get passed by. So uh yeah, interesting. Your ginger's brother, my adopted son, mm-hmm. um who what's he got to say for it? who is it and what's he got to say for himself? Ginger's
1: underscore games underscore room. He says, just like the great Boba Loba, I've also not 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 played Zelda. I will take a punishment, you great kings choose. What punishment should we dish out to uh, Ginger's games room? Probably to, to, to play. I, I know, I know he has a, a Super Nintendo Mini.
0: Okay, so play one, play play the sixteen-bit uh, Zelda.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is your punishment. No other games can be played nope. until that's done. We need photographic evidence of you starting, middle of your campaign, and the end. Mm-hmm. If we don't see that, what, are we going to ban him from the show? Uh,
1: no, but we can make his Discord uh, name. I don't know. Do something on Discord. You know, do something funny. I don't know. Change his username. Yeah, we'll like just a bunch of emojis. Yes, perfect. Like a red-headed emoji, like maybe like a step stool or like a hammer, you know, something <laughs> like
0: that. <laughs> uh, actually... I don't know as uh, I don't know as I've seen this gentleman's name before. So soon as El Buccio's got his wallet out for Dexter Fletcher, we've got a new, new listener. Person, MJ Hunter 1989. A link to the past, he says. First game I remember playing it, tried to replay it once a year. It took me about 15 years to find out there was a magic cape. <laughs> a game you can come back to every year, year in, year out. That's the mark of a good game, right, Bobby? Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. Have you? How many times have you played Link to the Past? How do
1: we? How do we play games that often? So six times now. Really? I love, I love it. Wonderful. I might, I might uh, on completion. So, of that I, I put my like my mind back in the day because I probably now you played nine. Like, oh, whatever. But back in the day, it was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Now it might be a little bit too... Um, I don't know. I for think me, I, could, I could play it again. For me, graphically, Link to the Past still looks great. And I think on completion of the show, I'm going to add it to my Super Nintendo collection. I'm going to buy it on eBay. Done. Do it. Captain Cold. 25 a man we haven't heard from for a while, but uh, thanks for getting back in touch and thanks for your continued loyal support. i, I got to read this one out. Oh, okay.
1: Majora's Mask is for its uniqueness, style, and art and variety of masks with different abilities and love the spookiness vibes to it. Grinning, showing all your teeth. Emoji.
0: What? Uh,
1: I had to read it out and you'll see why.
0: <clears throat> oh, of course. <laughs> now, Bada Bings to Retro Gaming's featured... In an enigmatic play video recently, his uh, Italian accent seems to have compelled Harvey Retro to try his own Italian. Have you seen this video yet, Bobby? No, I'm going to watch it today. Okay, uh, well, I don't want to ruin it too much, but there's uh, Harvey Retro has been sent some fan mail by Badabingster Retro and Gaming, and he's he's he's, a, he's trying to do an Italian voice as well, and even puts a clip in of us. Uh, it says wonderful things about our show, which humbled um, to hear. What A man that I would like to refer to now going forward, Harvey Retro, was the Duke. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, his effortless style and cool, uh, just palpable. You know, I could reach out and taste him. If you could taste Harvey Retro, what do you think he would taste of? Red Velvet Cake red velvet cake of course you would how elegant is that bro oh come on bro I don't think I'd be able to stop eating him and that would be the shame because it'd be all gone then i have to regurgitate yeah. it and sort of rearrange that sick to look like Harvey Retro it'd be like a weird version of him like a well, mountain I mean, he's wolf. immortal so you know could he survive being eaten sicked out and then rebuild himself
1: just give him some blood bro that's all you're gonna do <laughs>
0: This Zelda special has gone off the rails very quickly. Bader <laughs> to Retro Gaming. He says, I have a Breath of the Wild on the Switch. I got stuck, a on board, so I just left her sitting there. Don't read out of my comment. Uh, read out someone who actually loves the uh, games, sir. Everybody, I forgot this, sir. I added it in, but I did the wrong flags. But I know well, you did not include it, and, and I know you will not read out on non-Italian flags. So Italian flag, everybody stand up for the National Anthem, sir. Everybody sit down, sir. If my narrator's memory plays correct, sir, there's also a controller emoji, sir. Yes, and a trophy emoji, sir. Yes, because you're a winner, sir, and I am a winner, sir. That is us, sir. Comment complete, sir. Uh, sorry, sir. Um, Okay, so very nice of him to capitulate and say that he didn't want his comment read out, but he's so much a fabric of the show now. If he wasn't in the comment section, what yeah, would it do we even have the right to do a show if we don't have a comment from Badabinks Retro Gaming? Yeah. So I got, we got two letters. One's in my name,
1: one's in your name. I read mine first. It's from Tommy from Riker's Island. He says in the days of high adventure, Ocarina of Time was my favorite game of all time. And then you, you'll read your letter after
0: The Dukes. Ah. I see he's done separate entries. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because I actually pulled him up and said, "But why is it your favorite game?" Because we had lots of people messaging that XYZs their favorite, but we never got why. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the question was, "What's your favorite Zelda game and why?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot which of which I don't say- even know. I
1: even answered correctly myself. I'm
0: not sure if we did that. Actually, nor did I. I said a lot of noise, Zelda-themed noise, but I never gave a reason why. Uh, wide-eyed wonderment and nostalgia aside. Uh, I think it just had some pretty good gameplay hooks. And a, at the time, a game of that scale and size to want to pull you through it strode showed very strong storytelling in a world of no, no voice clips or barely any voice noise. Mm. So it was all on screen text. Um, you know, it's cut an edge at the time. Anyway, that's my just clapping preparation. He's not a new listener. Far from it. He is an esteemed Duke, and he exists outside of all of time and space, as he is an immortal vampire. He said, "It's Harvey Retro, obviously, of the famous enigmatic productions, and if you're not following their content, their production values are high enough where a terrestrial TV station could take their show, stick it on, and you would legitimately think it was a proper, bought, filmed, edited, effects, proper show you would they sit and watch that a pubic hair away of taking away IGN's brain agreed yeah he says and it's my great honor to put the words in the mouth of an immortal duke he says i have to be honest i've never played a single zelda game high crime to some people i think it's purely because i never had any nintendo systems growing up here's a mind image for your I must have thought of myself as a bigger boy, Sega kid back in the day with backwards baseball cap, high-top sneakers on, glass of soda stream pop in one hand and a Mega Drive controller in the other. That guy oozes so much cool. If I was just to stand next to him for a moment and I could assume some of that cool, I would be the coolest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he does two emojis here. Sunglasses on, Coolly smiling emoji, sunglasses removed, laughing with teeth showing emoji. But I'm playing Nintendo these days, so it's definitely a franchise I will dig into at some point. Now Harvey Retro Just imagine him in the mid mid nineties, early nineties, late eighties, baseball cap on backwards, high top sneakers. A glass of do you know what soda stream is, my American cousin? It's, I'm sure it's like some kind of soda you guys have over there. It's one better. You had a home carbonating system. So you would take a bottle, a prerequisite soda stream bottle, mm-hmm. and you would fill it to a certain level on the side with tap water. You would then place it into the soda stream, lock down the cap, pull down the protective cover, and use this lever you pulled it down once and it made this noise you would open the lid you would take out the bottle you would have carbonated water you would then go to your soda stream cordial section and you would pour yourself a capful of cola orange lemon anything you can imagine pour it into the drink put the lid on you didn't want to shake it because it would fizz up. But you turn the bottle upside down, you turn it the right way up again. You have a homemade soda, soda stream. Did you have those in the United States of America? I yeah.
1: did.
0: Amazing. Is it? Now, in the UK, it was quite prevalent because, I don't know, sodas were seen as the tears of God himself, mm-hmm. normally quite expensive. And obviously, in America, I like to think that you turn on a tap and soda comes out. No, we could just buy like two liter for like a dollar, dollar fifty. My God! Here in the UK, we now have something called sugar tax. So if you want to buy original, we have coat, the same thing. It's here ridiculous. Here. I find that that hurts like that hurts That's people that want it as a treat. That's discriminating. Yeah, a fat tax. You mean tell me
1: I can't drink something? I have to get taxed extra for it. Mm. Just like the women, the pink tax. We have that over there in England. What's this? Basically, any woman's product is, gets taxed more or is more expensive than a male product. So let's say razors for your legs. You know, women, they're pink. They're more money than a regular razor for a man for his face. And when in reality, it's the same razor. Shaving cream, it says Gillette, but it's blue, you know, manly. But now the women's is pink and it's more money. And it's
0: just... I don't know the pink tax is necessarily a thing, but it's never something that's been brought up in polite conversation. So any female listeners, please reach in and let us know. It's ridiculous. Whether whether there's a pink tax in the UK. Me being a resident now of New York, uh, but a non-buyer of feminine products. Yeah, you would never know. I wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tommy, UK73. Um resident of Rikers Island, prisoner number 997442069. He says, but now Breath of the Wild, this is part two.
1: Mm-hmm. Of your um, letter.
0: A man so great, he's actually made an original and a sequel to his comment. He says, but now Breath of the Wild stands as my favorite in the series. When I played that in 2017, it was what I imagined Ocarina of Time in my head was back in 1998. Breath of the Wild is the greatest action adventure game in gaming history. My God. My God. (laughs) Strong, strong words. He stamped it. Up next, we got Super Retro
1: Gaming World, which I never heard of.
0: No, me neither. Should we give him a new listener?
1: Feels only right and proper, doesn't it? Let's do it. He's a new
0: listener. Listener? What's what's Uh, he say? Definitely a link to the past with a heart emoji. I fogged the mic, so I feel like you should do this next gentleman as well.
1: Up next, we got Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only played A Link Between Worlds for 3DS. So by default, it's my favorite. However, I did really enjoy it. It was a fun little game. Twas. Twas. What a, what a great that's, turn of phrase. That's a very... I. You know what? I want to use that more often in my vocabulary. It yeah. was. Like, I know my friend says Bryce, and he's the only one I ever heard say that. Wow. I think Perfection. that's unique. I think it's unique. Very much. Next, we have our artist,
0: local yes. artist, yes. Adam
1: the artist, Comic Picture 79. You can find him on Etsy. It's Comic Pictures. Okay. He says, I think A Link to the Past might be my favorite. My big brother and I got it at launch and smashed it. We got through so much juice and crips, fueling our push to complete it on uh, Life of Each Agreement Mode. Uh, absolutely epic game on a sprawling map full of swashbuckling adventure. And compelling story, those tunes as well. I also like Ark arena but mainly for the horse fishing and the uh, really well done stealth action. I wanted to like Win- Wind Waker, but ended up not liking it, and I haven't really played any other Zelda game that I thought was worthy of a place on the table next to a Link to the Past. I have played and completed a few others, including Breath of the Wild, and I have to say it's properly overrated after the first half hour. Quite enjoyed the getting. The sword and the shield, surfing, etc. But overall, I thought it was kind of flat. And in some ways, I can agree with that, because pretty much you're just on your own and you just go for it. But what are you really going for, besides the four large enemies creatures? Mm. I can, I can, I can, I can agree with that.
0: I think that that refers back to my point I made earlier. I think that some of the other Zelda games had higher sustained moments of mm-hmm. enjoyment because it was there was more of a narrative thread pulling you through. When you get thrown into a world and get told you can literally do what you want wherever you want, you've even got to cook your own food, you've got all the freedom in this, you've got the freedom to wear these clothes, you can climb anything as long as your stamina's high enough or a combination of clothes to give you the stamina to climb this area. It kind of is so overwhelming and you don't get enough like hooks when you get to a place to draw you into the exploration of said place, mm-hmm. so I can completely, I completely get it, mm-hmm. um, and, but I also see why some players find that completely rewarding. It's like a completely new, like Tom is a new, fresh experience. The idea of the, the the wonderment of it and the freedom was enough to pull them through. But if you're a traditional traditionalist elder man, then you need a bit more.
1: Well, I'll read this one out too.
0: Up net, real space
1: monk. He says, it has to be The Legend of Zelda, The Faces of Evil on this Philips CDI. Although not made by Nintendo themselves, they took everything about the original games and dialed it up to eleven. Full motion cutscenes, voice acting, smooth controls, and they even let Link do a duck walk. Cool, huh? Alright. Next I mean yeah, some people like the game, some people don't. That was a huge fan.
0: He's obviously a fan of the CDI. Yeah. yeah which is, that's amazing. All right. Okay. <laughs> Up next, Brett himself. Four Swords Adventure on GameCube. Mainly because I bought it for 20 and sold it for 130. Ever the Capitalist, Brett himself. Nice. He bought four swords on the GameCube for 20 pounds. He then retails it out for 130. Uh, did he play the game? Did he enjoy the game? We don't know. We only asked, we only asked what's your favorite Zelda and why? Here's a man who read the question, Mm -hmm. formulated an answer and gave a reason why in a way that neither you nor I have done. Mm -hmm. Did Rose Space, did Rose Space Monk do that? He did. He He told us he liked the game and then he told us why. Wonderful. Does Gazel's games now pass the litmus test for a high standard of comment? Tell me. Ooh, I loved for most, I've loved most of,
1: a link to the past will always have my sixteen-bit heart. I'm a big Orcarina and Twilight fan, but Skyward Sword was amazing. Uh, played so well that I was on a motion con- that I was a motion control fan too. But a thumbs up
0: emoji. So he's told us which game he liked, and he's told us that he liked it because it played so well, and he was a fan of the motion controls. Mm-hmm. So Gassels Games read the question. Gassels Games was a YouTube sensation. Then he took a break and now he's back on YouTube. So he's always supported this show. In fact, if you go all the way back, he's one of the very earliest commenters on the show. So thank you for that Gazos games. And thank you for continuing to contribute. I appreciate you appreciating me appreciating you appreciating each other and for that. I'll always appreciate you retro G. Uh, I think he was on last week, so he doesn't get a clap sadly, yeah. but, uh, you never know. He might win comment comment of the week at one point in time, or if he joins the Discord, he might win Discord champion and get an unofficial controller podcast mug. Mm-hmm. He says, "Ocarina of Time" or "OOT" as he would describe it there, because he's he's used. Oh, I've never known that to be on. Okay. I had to I do some. I had like to do some mental gymnastics in my head. OOT or Ocarina of Time holds a special place in my heart. It was my first dive into such a deep game, and the Revolution graphics are still mind-boggling. How the hell did they fit so much on a cartridge when you have games like Superman 64 and Love Shack to compare it to? So he told us his favorite Zelda game, Ocarina of Time. And he liked it because it was a deep game with revolutionary graphics. But then he poses a question. How did they get so much on that cartridge when you have games like Superman 64 that barely put on anything that's good? I suppose that could be said about any storage medium. Who's next? Welch Game Hunter. Never played a Zelda
1: game until Breath of the Wild. Played it on the Wii U, and oh my God, what a game. By far my favorite game on the Wii U. Probably my favorite Nintendo first-party game.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, That's cool. It's yeah. Cool. But did he answer the question? No. He sold his favorite Zelda game, Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. My why? Hmm. Interesting. We got up next, young adult man. Yes. You may know him as GD 30 ce 12 He chimes in with this. Let's see if, let's see if young adult man, uh, a relative professor in my mind. Answer, yeah.
1: Let's see,
0: if, let's he see if he answers. Ocarina of Time has to be my go-to for the Zelda series. This has been established. Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time is his favorite game. That's or f- Oot. Or Oot. Yes, for it now I'll be referred to as Oot. Mm-hmm. That's the first game my brother and I played through completely, and the first game that got us really into gaming. We couldn't get over how cool the story was and how much lore it had. To this day, I still boot up the regular old Legend of Zelda on my N64. The intro to that game is so badass. Yes, it has a fantastic. He's uh, answered the question completely. He has. Well done, young adult. 100%. Uh,
1: who's next? Man, her makes our show not PG.
0: No, the 16 bit prick. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you've adopted some of these strange things that I would say and how yeah, you pattern. incorporate them into your own pattern and yeah. technique. Wonderful, thank you. He says, Zelda Bobby, is a Bobby. Suit. Yes, if you weren't married, mm-hmm. I would fall head over heels in love with you. I compel anyone not to have those same emotions. I share a flat with you. I, I sometimes see you exit the shower, steam, mm-hmm. towel wrapped mm-hmm. around your lower torso. Mm-hmm. And I've never tried so hard for telekinetic powers in my life. Because I every time you know I'm stood there, you think I'm staring at you in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to get the towel to drop down. So mm. it's not as weird as it looks, but one mm-hmm. would imagine with that confession, it's probably weirder than you thought it was. I'll just walk out next time. Excellent. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 16-bit prick. He
1: says, Zelda is a series that is not only close to myself, but with many members in my family. I remember watching my mom play Ocarina or Oot on the n 64 as a kid and picnic at points. She wasn't sure about and ended up phoning my uncle for help. He's the Zelda guru in our family. For a series as big as Zelda with so many games to choose from, I have to go with Oot myself. It was the first Zelda game I finished myself with a little help from my uncle. After Oot, I go back and play Link to the Past, Adventures of Link, etc., and fell in love with the series. The later games are excellent, too. It's amazing that there's not many bad Zelda games for how long the series has been going. I chose Oot through for its gameplay that many of them don't appreciate these days due to the clunkiness of the N64 control pad. But still, to this day, I don't have a problem with it. The enemies are fantastic. Ganondorf scared the absolute crap out of me as a kid. The music is top tier for me when it comes to video game soundtracks as a whole. It's just the perfect game for me. Not only did he answer questions, he answered it so eloquently that this is a highlight that, of the comment for me. That
0: That's why he has one comment of the month before, because he has an eloquence of words. Again, the 16-bit prick, someone who's got his own YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. his reviews are absolutely compelling he he looks at the games through the lens of the time he adds some humorous bits over the top of it so he doesn't say oh this is a rubbish game now look at the graphics blah 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 he goes back and looks at it through the lens of like this was then and he you know his reviews I thought I'd seen them all then I stumbled across a couple that I hadn't seen the other day and had to go back to him and reach out and say really enjoyed these you know they were good and if you haven't watched some of his videos on YouTube you're dead to me <laughs> Mister. mr mystery let's let's ask him the question what's your favorite zelda and why he says ocarina of time all the way hands up exalted emoji very closely followed by twilight princess then majora's mask which was nails so many great memories whenever i hear the tunes in ocarina especially opponent's song in the water temple hands shocked on the side of face blue top of head scream emoji goddamn nightmare had to finish it with help from a guidebook from the cover of a Nintendo magazine, LOL. In my humble opinion, anything outside of these three, I just, just didn't have the vibes and atmosphere. And I'd say my least favourite is Breath of the Wild. Think I might be tempted, though, to have a bash at Skyward, if the missus will let me use her Switch. Sort of disgruntled looking to one side, sort of kind of what you expect when you're in a long-term relationship Face emoji. All the best Chippy Chaps, winking with a smile emoji. Um, chippy Chaps. Now here, that's what we call a chip shop, a place where you'd get some fried potato. You might call them uh, fries mm-hmm. and fried battered fish. Do you think he thinks that we own a chip shop? Um, I'm not really sure. Can you get fish and chips in America? So yeah, you you right go-
1: there get them in Trestle
0: and also you can get them in Sugar Freak Louisiana style interesting Mm -hmm. okay did he ask did he answer the question he told us his favorite Zelda but did he tell us why Mm. yeah the music he loved the music okay here's someone El Buccio get your wallet out because we've got another new New listener.
1: listener now his name is Jake Stammer's 2004. He might be a stutterer. We're not sure. <laughs> Awakening. Switch version. I know it's a remake, yet it's my first experience with a Zelda game, and its aesthetic is so cute, and the characters are so charming as well. Great, great on the Switch Lite. I stutter.
0: An- he answered the question. So, he did. I like it. Okay. Up next, a man. Retro Gaming Rock. He's a new... New... Listener. He says, link to the past here, waving with a hand emoji. Hmm. He's told us his favorite game. Didn't tell us why. Maybe he just said here. Here, hands up. And he he's, yeah. he's maybe say talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. Is that what he's telling us here? Could be. Or stop right there. That's 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 the only one. Hmm. I'm not look out. We've got a new New listener
1: listener. it's joe woodward 5871 so he might be an older gentleman he says honestly (laughs) a link between worlds my favorite it's the only one i played the most i love the new characters i brought along and low rule was so cool
0: sure it's very similar to a link to the past but i never played that game thank you joe Thank you to all the new listeners for reaching out. Uh, Another one. Another one. Can you believe we've got a new listener? listener. It's the Zack Man, a.k.a. Digital or his brother. The guys that are practically invisible to us. Mm -hmm. He says, although Breath of the Wild is an easy pick for me, one of my favorite entries in the franchise, I must admit a personal nostalgia for... (laughs) (laughs) Ocarina. Ugh. Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy Color. Funnily enough, I better remember a thing about the actual gameplay or story other than the childhood memory of trying to solve environment-based puzzles by frantically cycling the seasons in the hope it would do something. Hmm. Did you play that game? No. I had that. Um, there was Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of, I think it was Ages. I can't quite remember now. There were You had them both. There was One was a blue cart, one was an orange cart. And I think you kind of... Um, you could interchange them both or something. I, I it's I had them, or I had at least one of them on the Game Boy Color, but I can't, I don't have many memories of it, which is strange for me because normally somewhere embedded in there. He answered the question in both sense of the term. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I might need to dig that. I don't know if I've still got it. If I haven't, I might find it. If I have, then I'm going to, if I don't, then I'm going to rebuy it. Dig it up, bro. You know. Uh look, another new, new listener. Listener, do you think we should record a sound bite and have that on a no, we'll just keep doing it. The low brownness of this show is half of its appeal. I right? feel
1: if you do a
0: like a automated highlight,
1: it's not gonna be the same thing. No. Okay.
0: I, I just thought I'd ask. You know, Albert wanted to know if we if he could spend any more money on the show. You know what he's like. If he doesn't pour money into the show, he mm-hmm. can't remunerate that money out. Yeah. So he puts his dirty money in, yeah, and then he can extract clean money out. So he's yeah. not. The more he pours in, the more he can get out. Because normally he has to lose in the money laundering transaction. Yeah. He lo- normally lose about fifty percent of the value. Mm-hmm. So like he bought six Ferraris for you the other day. You never saw one of them, but then he sold no. them super cheap on the black market yeah. Yeah. for half price. Because when he bought them, that was dead money. Yeah. When he remunerated out, that it's, was big money. Yeah. So yeah, you need to make sure that when you do your taxes this year, you just write down the fact that you bought and sold three, no six Ferraris.
1: Yeah, no problem. Okay. I have a, I have a guy.
0: I would advise shows guy because there's far more than those Ferraris that you've bought yeah, this for sure. year. For sure, yeah. Uh, up next, we
1: got a new new listener. listener. He says, "OOT is just a definitive Zelda game experience for me." What's his notice. name? What's his name? I thought I said that. I'm sorry. Not oh. Heatwave. Wow. Ah. So maybe he's in Texas. Or, green of Time is <gasps> just a definitive Zelda experience for me. And always will be. I prefer Breath of the Wild as a game, but I prefer Orcarina as a Zelda game.
0: He answered the question. Up next, we've got another new, new listener. listener. Lewis James, 1707. Uh, Can someone born in 07 message into the show? Yes, they could do. Yeah, it's a sure, PG show, but that, that makes them what? 13?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unbelievable. Uh with a show that's edgy or, or it could be like the birth of his kid or he's another vampire and he was born in
1: 1707 Ooh, I
0: like it mm. I like where you're going there mm. Ocarina of Time because of this amazing story soundtrack and gameplay especially for such an old game peak contender for its time so there's a man I assume a young man that has eloquence enough with the keyboard to be able to write one sentence and mm-hmm. answer both questions in one sentence that takes a skill, so he has been an older gentleman I think he's a young gentleman that's mature for his years, mm-hmm. showing prowess and general security, really that one a lot of our older listeners would would probably i tell you what. El show is spending money like water right now. And luckily he gets it back out because from here and to the end, it's a new listener fest. Yeah. Who's yeah. next? New listener. Listener. Willis.net. Skyward Sword is my first real Zelda
1: game that I played all the way through and got me hooked on the, on the series. I played every Zelda
0: game because of it. Smiley face. Not emoji. Mm. He's, he's gone cheap. He's used semicolon. Yep. Open bracket, close bracket. Uh, new listener, new new listener, listener lucas.gilbert.ig says, uh, my Fav, <laughs> my Fav is Breath of the Wild. Okay, up next, we got thanks, a thanks for coming. New, new
1: listener. listener, monster games. Oot, it was an experience, it was an <laughs> epic quest. Seeing Hyrule Field for the first time blew my mind.
0: Boom. Answered again. Easy. Simple. Done. We've got another new new listener. Underscore lockdown doodles. Okay. They like to draw during the COVID lockdown. Such a tough one. Exclamation, exclamation mark. No sign of a question mark. Strange. If pushed, Breath of the Wild. But Ocarina was so good. And I love spirit tracks. Again, Spirit Tracks is a game that I have never played. Never even heard of it. It's on the DS from memory. You control a train. Yes, that's okay. right. A train. Uh, I think this person probably qualifies for an NL. He's a new Who listener. listener. Who is it? got yeah. Rare Nintendo, uh,
1: Orc Oot for nostalgia. And Breath of the Wild Greenheart emotion.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, another new, new listener. listener. Ben underscore Cans101 says, just started playing Majora on the GameCube, and it's my favorite so far. No reason why. He just likes it.
1: Okay. Well played. We got a new, new listener. Teddy Bobs. Teddy Bobs. <laughs> that could stay in. He's staying in. I'm sorry, when I see it, I I I see it. Uh, he writes, Wind Waker, it's one of the first video games I remember completing, and it means a lot to me. He understood and read the question.
0: Mm-hmm. Up next, we got a new, new listener. listener Zeph 5 decimal A, says, Breath of the Wild, or Botwalk, BC, which I presume is because it's the mm-hmm. only one I've played, uh, His eloquence and deft of hand movement across the keyboard second to none. Uh, (laughs) Up next,
1: we got a new listener, listener. Jaycox Circle underscore Circle. His eye hit that that emoji. Looks like he's wide-eyed, but also silent. He writes, (laughs) "Link between worlds." As it's the first limited edition console, I got for Christmas, and I and it was my first Zelda game. That's
0: in my eyes, that's an answer because it was his first and it was his first. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got another new New listener. listener, 5QU19LY. One would imagine that's his way of claiming ownership over the word Squidly. Mm -hmm. He says, Hyrule Warriors for the 3DS. It was the first one I ever played and like it was a really fun experience, I think it was a great way to introduce myself to the series and... Gentlemen, the characters. Uh, we are back at
1: it. Oh no, that's just a typo. We have a new, new listener. Listener, William Dot Middleditch. Sounds like him. a medieval peasant, doesn't he, William When I read that name, I automatically assumed he was like Northern London.
0: I I see him as being a time traveler, a Saxon man. One moment preparing his Wattle and Daub house, the next Mm -hmm. minute sat in a 21st century house on Instagram, commenting about his favourite Zelda game. Still wondering whether his time as a Saxon man was a fever dream or if it was real. William Middleditch. Mm
1: -hmm. What's he say for himself? Oot. It has the most amazing sound design with a... um,
0: What is that? It's a colon with a capital P. One would imagine that's the... Cheap like your tongue way of sticking out his tongue emoji. Mm-hmm. Up uh, oh, next,
1: we, have, we a have a new listener, listener.
0: Lord Hazard ninety nine. Breath of the Wild, my first Zelda game. It was so good. Comma, I love the freedom. Who doesn't? And this man's and actually, he's he he's somehow picked up on the fact that we said oot earlier, and now he's made his old comment oot. He's got a new new. Listener. listener. Now, this could be... This
1: is interesting. I don't want to say someone's real name on air, but we have a listener, a fellow friend of ours, whose real name happens to be Connor. Now, this could be a joke. Connor Drizzle. It's Dizzle.
0: Dizzle. Or, or, oh, I
1: read that as Drizzle. I forgot or,
0: or is his name Con Nord As in the European for North. Nord Izzle. Com Nord Izzle. I like that better. We don't know, do we? It'd be wrong to
1: assume. Look what he says. Oot. Because it's oot.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to conclude from this. I know there's certainly some games I want to re-add into my collection. And there's certainly maybe some of the more modern games I need to persevere with. Um, but I think the takeaway is that uh, we should a, play Oot. There's a, there's a well, I've played it. The, <laughs> but there's a but there's a strong tie, I feel, between Oot, which was the series high watermark to that point, and Breath of the Wild, which is divisive, but also the secondary high watermark. Interesting. Now I don't know if you know what he's been up to this week, but some say he's been exploring caves around northern Japan. Because he's hoping to find some mementos from Shigeru Miyato's childhood, which he can hawk off at greatly inflated prices on eBay to some rather excited Zelda collectors. We only know him as Stingray. And let's face it, he's an enigma. He's everywhere at all times. But I tell you where he is right now, Bobby. He... Tears down fifth for Maine. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's Boot. What's nestled between some fit nappies and a dodgy copy of Batfriend All this week? These are new release highlights for this week, February 15th, February 21st, 2021. Listeners, these are out in digital or physical, or will be by the time this podcast is in your feed, but they could be. Bobby, they could be region dependent. Now, what you see is what you get. It's four titles new release this week. It's not many. Um, and as always, we pick out a VHS. Now, through the medium of this, for the new listeners, we always pick out a Mummy Mummy. So there's a game that we ask Mummy for, okay? Because Stingray comes to the house every week, okay? And Mummy gives us disposable income to buy something out of the. Does Mumsy live with us now, or is Mumsy dead? I forget the law. I mean, she's always with us. In our hearts. Yes. Maybe we should do postcards from Farmerton. Maybe if you want that, you let us know in the Discord. That'd be nice. Also, <laughs> just <laughs> a random nice. question. That'd be nice. Yeah,
1: That'd be nice. Uh, could we like save our money for next week? No,
0: you're going to have to have one. And I'm going with the second one. Okay. You don't have to. You can
1: go with what you want.
0: I, okay. I see it.
1: I'm in it. Okay.
0: Third one lost me. So. Well, I'll go with, I'll read out this first one. 30 double X for the PC, February 17th. This one wins the award for the roguelike. But for all you happy people out there, there's two roguelikes this week. Hmm. 30 XX on the PC, February 17th. Jump, shoot, and slash your way through 30 double X, the roguelike action platformer. You can play with a friend. Explore lush, ever-changing worlds that mix precise platforming with fevered combat. Destroy fearsome guardians, master unique powers, Rediscover the thousand years we've lost. I see now that title now makes sense. Mm-hmm. Lover, what's next out of the boot? This is our mummy, mummy, Bobby. Yeah, what this, we got? This is it. It's King of Seas
1: for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. February 18th. King of Seas is an action role-playing game set in a pirate world. An epic adventure awaits you in a fantastic world dotted with fights, lost islands, and treasures. A universe that will keep you anchored as you struggle to become king of all pirates.
0: Procedural. Procedural. The protagonist, EX-1, out on PC, February 18th. The protagonist, EX-1, is a gripping new turn-based tactical RPG. You're a highly trained soldier on a mission to infiltrate an enemy. No, they're not enemies. Let's not assume for a moment, because they're aliens, they're enemies. You're on a mission to infiltrate an alien space station that goes horribly wrong. Find your team. Discover the hidden truth. That's the problem with humankind. Alien, automatically assume enemy, automatically assume kill. Why -hmm. don't we see aliens? Would you make yourself known to a monkey with a gun? No, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. What's next, Bobby? Ultimate
1: Adam, Caves of Chaos. Oh no, I read that right. PC February 18. Experience the sequel. Oh, so it's a sequel. Of traditional roguelike dungeon crawling classic, endless procedural generated dungeons, countless monsters, grafting, crafting, and a vast amount of skill trees and items allow for unlimited replayability. Journey into the ever-changing
0: depths of the caverns of chaos. I felt like I was in an M M&M M video. I don't know if anyone else is going to feel that vibe, but when you went countless monsters grafting, crafting, I was like, "Boom!" I was waiting for you to carry on with the flow, like grafting, crafting, crafting. I did, but then he, then then it, it stopped. I was like, "All right, generated dungeons,
1: countless monsters, grafting, crafting, and the vast amount of skill trees." It kind of ruined it.
0: But you could, you could definitely wrap that whole thing. I I can't remember what this this thing was on on Instagram. It was, but there's a guy who pretends to be M and it's like eminem's playing computer games and he's like doing a rap and everyone on the headset's like no stop it now mate and he's like oh sorry i can't help myself can I help myself I help myself and then he wraps off the back of that and they're like pack it in and he's like there's one where he's like he wakes up and he's like is that my alarm clock going off and he does this rap and his girlfriend's like go back to bed and he's like is that bacon i can smell cooking and he, he like makes a rap out and then he, he like he hates himself for rapping so he goes back to sleep <laughs> If I can remember the name, I'll post it up on the Discord. But it was, it was. I went through all of his videos, and they were absolutely hilarious, fantastic. And I've sold myself a bit short by not remembering out of the billions of Instagram accounts which one this was, but yeah. it was, it was good. Um, before we let Stingray slip away, we get the honour and privilege to pull out a VHS uh, tape to watch this week. I'm going with the. Slightly below average film, Alien versus Predator. Wow. Okay.
1: Just so you know, I'm going to go with David Carradine's The Warrior and the Sorceress. <sighs> Perfection personified, Bobby. Absolutely. Look at the cover art alone.
0: It's not what is the poster. I shall do that off air because. You obviously just get the Stingray rental box. You don't get to keep the real album. And with that, he's gone. As with all third-rate shows, we have an effect for the man arriving, but we have no sound for him leaving. Now, you can assume that's either because we're cheap, but El Buccio's budget has no bounds, or Stingray just disappears like a trumpet at a wedding, released at the wrong time. Those that paid attention at the top of the show... Those that listen every week, they know I can't let you go. is grip tight on that Master Sword, my friend, but not so tight because that foam may end up getting crushed. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a Nintendo collectible. Could be worth its weight in gold in less than 10 years' time. <laughs> Deflect the blocks with your Hyrulean shield as I ask Bobby, Bobby, what are you hoping to play? Definitely Slapper 3.
1: Keep that going. And more Mario 3D World with Eva and then I'm gonna try to finish some cyberpunk that's it for me
0: <laughs> what about you I don't know I'm currently pretending to be a snake I have no idea why one would imagine that's the first level of descent into madness uh I'm gonna play a bit more g1 jockey <laughs> I I I probably ought to play a PlayStation 5 game. I've still got some PlayStation 5 games still in their cellophane, but I'm kind of saving for a family vibe, Sackboy's Adventure. I'm kind of saving for my... I don't know why I'm still saving it, but I'm still saving for the Pop Demon Souls. Um, so I may end up scratching some Bizarre Rich to play The Darkness through on PlayStation 3. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know why. The Darkness, isn't that like, like a spinoff from... Um which blade i think it, the darkness is based on a comic from memory um mm-hmm. but you get like on either arm you get like these spirits yeah. that you can send out and uh you have guns as well mm-hmm. i remember when i first played it it's been a long time since I've, i last played it but i'm sure there's a level where you kind of end up in like a hellscape of world war one in the trenches i also remember it because if you want to and i believe I don't know if the PlayStation 3 had a trophy for this because I don't know if it had trophy support when The Darkness came out. But on the 360, I think you sit down with your girlfriend. It's on all versions of the game, but the 360 had a trophy in it. You've got a, f- I think it's the full version of the black and white To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, which you can sit and watch on your sofa with your girlfriend uh, in its entirety, the two-hour film. Uh, which That's incredible which I may do because that's the sort of weird cat I am. In between playing G1 Jockey on the PlayStation 2, I might watch an aged film in an aged game on an aged system. Um, If you've got no more further stories to regale to me, Bobby, we ought to let these fine people go and carry on with their day. We must... uh, Uh, That's all we have time for this week, listeners. Always thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Bobby. Peace out. Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history off documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Well, yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right, no money. But All we ask is that you like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you found this show And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend. Get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.